What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Haberman of Middlecoff podcast is brought to you by Untuck It and UntuckIt.com. Promo code HAM. I had some spies in the streets on Saturday night. They sent me a photo of Middlecoff out in the creek. And that photo, I could tell you were wearing an Untuck It shirt. That I was, guy. UntuckIt.com took care of me. Promo code HAM, 20% off my first order. It was uh, it was actually Friday night, Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, Friday night. I'm sorry. That's why the shirt was red. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was out on the town for Valentine's Day. Had to wear my Untuck It. You know why, guy? Because it works for dates. It works for job interviews. It works for lounging. It works for absolutely anything and everything. I love Untuck It. You don't have to tuck it in because it fits perfectly. Unlike the long, you, we all have them, those button-ups that like, are good looking, but they hang down to your knees and you could never wear casually. That ain't the case here, Haberman. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM, 20% off your first order. That's even they even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the US. Yeah. You don't want you wear that bad untucked shirt and you look like uh you know Ebenezer Scrooge in his nightgown checking on the ghost of Christmas past, holding a candle. You don't no, you want to look good. You want to look like Middlecoff was at at the the wine bar, whatever, jazz club, (laughs) whatever wherever you were. Untuckit.com, promo code ham. Kick ass on three. One, two, three. Kick ass. Middle call. Hey, behaves. You should ask the guy on the piano if he could have broken this one out for you. Guys, is there ever a wrong time to go kick ass on three when you break down a huddle? <laughs> no, no. It's really, is there a better one to say if anyone out there listening is ever in a huddle situation? Uh, that might is, be the go-to. Is there ever a better random person either? Now, he's not random. That was the LSU baseball team, so having the head football coach after you win the national title is probably pretty normal protocol. But just when Eddie O approaches the huddle and they don't, you usually break down the huddle in baseball before just a game. Yeah, I think they college baseball they do it. Yeah, they do it. But one, two, three, kick ass is just uh, 
That, that's that might be my go-to as one day my unborn children a little ham bingo we just do on our way to school <laughs> one two three kick ass you notice uh you notice there was no video of where the pitch went but you hear adio say as he goes to the to the dugout hope you got you guys got better arms than me <laughs> or something like that oh you got better throw than me you know what was cool though too is if you go to lsu's twitter account you can watch his first pitch the faces on the players show how excited and fired up they are. You know, I mean, he's fired up. Is it, has anyone loved LSU more? I mean, in LSU history than than Eddie O. Man, I mean, seriously. I mean, the players from Louisiana it clearly means a lot too. But I'm talking a coach like Les Miles was a Michigan man, right? Saban clearly ditched you for Miami Dolphins after like four years. LSU, you couldn't. Is there any amount of money you could pay Ed to leave? What if you doubled his salary? You think he'd leave for double the salary if he's making seven, eight million dollars yeah, now? I, I don't uh, know. I mean, if he would leave, then anybody would leave anywhere for anything, right? Com- that that's a great way to put it. <laughs> a great way to put it. You're right. If, if if he would leave, then we could never believe a coach about anything ever. Yeah, I I, I don't think he would. Now, maybe I'm naive. No, maybe you might be right. I mean, but it's like, all right, Eddie, uh, it's going to be fourteen million a year. Well, Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If you make it the NFL team, then you're right. The good thing know. is, if you're LSU, no one's offering him that, right? That's true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. If he if he was, if Ed was the equivalent of Pete Carroll or Saban, where I think we thought, and this is unfair to him, but if the casual belief was, guy, Ed Ogeron's a genius, they would be people would be coming for him every year, but that just again might be unfair. That ain't happening. All right, John. Uh, baseball season quickly approaching. Baseball has uh, been in the news a lot. Bean balls for code breakers. That's what you've been predicting. And baseball has been out to, uh, to, make, uh, to make that prediction come true. The good news was that Rob Manfred decided to speak on Sunday, the uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball. And uh, one thing is clear, Middlecoff, they don't have the answers to uh, make this go away, which is fine. I think the whole thing is going to be pretty, pretty fun for the game um, once the season gets going. Was there a highlight of a comment that he said that really stood out to you? Yeah. Uh, somebody asked him if he thought about taking away the trophy, and he said, you know, it's never happened before, and uh, uh, I'm a big precedent guy. Like, uh, okay, I guess. Uh, I mean, Judge Mountain Landis, who was the guy that suspended all the Black Sox, banned them for life, he was a judge. So surely he was a precedent guy too, and he set a precedent. I mean, I don't even know what that means. I'm a big precedent guy. Like I wouldn't have taken it away either, probably. But I, how was that an answer? He also added, like, what does taking a piece of hardware back actually do? It's like Rob, when you take back Reggie Bush's Heisman, you don't go to his house and grab his Heisman. You literally just scrub him from the records. That's the point. You're not. No one gives a shit if you go to their facility and grab the uh, the trophy well they would have to guy, they would remove it it's not like they would leave no, it in they there. would but I, but that's not what people are thinking right when they remove it this, this though takes the take the cake manfred to the reporter who broke the news on the astros codebreaker scheme remember this is a wall street journal reporter i'm okay. not sure if he covers sports normally or he does you might just be like maybe one of the business executives sent it to him this is what manfred said about that guy breaking that story you know, congratulations. You got a private letter that, you know, I sent to a club official. Nice reporting on your part. Like, yeah, so Rob, passive aggressive. Part the, 
Yeah, like you just reported a story. I saw a bunch, you know, the, respect the biz. The reporters were like, that's what fucking reporting is, you dumbass. Like that's, that's part of the deal. You did not want that out. I think what a lot of people, I got a question for you. I, I got into a deep, deep argument. The, the, the Astros fans, I don't know if you've run into any of them on Twitter and just like I had a one-on-one argument. They're pretty defensive. They, do you believe the buzzers existed? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe the buzzers existed, but I, I don't, I don't feel like I know that for a fact until I know that for a fact, but I don't see how anybody could like the tat, the, he had an unfinished tattoo. He didn't want anybody to see not a good enough excuse. So you believe Altuve had a buzzer on when he took Chapman deep? I, well, I, I honestly don't believe that, but I don't believe that he didn't, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? If you had to check one of the boxes, you're checking he did. That he yeah, I, right? I, given how effed up this situation is, I'm checking the I don't believe you guys until you prove to me that you're telling the truth box. Well, then even Manfred was asked, and the one thing he says, I don't know for sure that they didn't use buzzers because they told me the truth about 17 and 18 with the drums, so I tended to believe them on everything else. Okay. And, and the way I look at it is go, the one thing a good cheater does until they're caught, yes. but as people are getting closer, right, as Melvin's turning them in, as, as the Yankees are turning them in, you're like, well, we're not getting totally in trouble. You adapt your cheating. Totally. So you just adapt. Like, you don't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, but you don't stop if they don't go. If you don't stop, Jose, we're going to suspend you for 20 games. Then, if, if, but, if Rob came out and says, we told them if they do anything more, we're going to suspend them, we believe they did that. I'd be like, okay, that's kind of understandable. I don't think they did any of that. Um, well, a good like I saw somebody tweet. You know, Carlos Correa. For what it's worth, it doesn't mean he's not lying. But Carlos Correa is really smart. Like, yeah, you know who's a bad liar is dumb people. Smart people are the better liars because they're smart. Far. Just come up with better stories. Well, so I don't care that wa- Carlos is smart. Like, I you, I don't know what to do with anything. Have you watched a lot of Netflix documents on like serial murderers and criminals and Bernie Madoffs? Like those guys actually. Do you know what like They're the police sociopaths. always said? They, they always say like, God, if this guy could have just used his mind for something good, he would have dominated whatever he did. They're geniuses. And, and here's the other thing: like, I wonder if at some point during the investigation, this is why you know who's the worst person to investigate somebody is that own person. You know, I don't put you in charge of the investigation to you. If baseball didn't, if baseball wanted this to be. The Astros acted alone. They were the only team cheating. We'll nail them for it, and what's done is done. Then that's what they—that's what the report basically was, right? I don't believe the reason I'm not 100% in on, like I'm like at 95 on just the Astros must die is like I'm not convinced that all these other teams that are now feeling really good about themselves and talking trash weren't doing maybe not to this degree, but weren't doing something. But that's beside the point. I just wonder if the Astros for the most part though it's it's been pitchers. I guess Cody Bellinger popped off, but yeah, pitcher pitchers have like you see you Darvish today. What did you say? No. Well, he's like Carlos Correa should probably just be quiet at this point. That's good. Like that's good. like and and you remember there was a racist something racist happened back in one of the World Series with you. Remember well, yeah, from the was, catcher? Uh, it was... Uh, uh, Guriel did something? Hair. Guriel, yeah. He like pulled his, the corners of his eyes after he hit a and, home and, run. And the tweet that I saw was like, God, you deserve a lot of credit for kind of taking the high road big time for basically just saying, Carlos, just shut your fucking mouth. Now, he said it. Um, he didn't say it like that, but just... Guy, this is why, though, I, I am somewhat in favor of the Astros must die. 
is, and you hit this on the head, usually cocky people, they might take it at first, but eventually like Harvey Weinstein and Carl and uh, Bernie Madoff, they start going like, let me out of jail. Like those type social nut job cheaters. Again, I'm not saying what those guys did. Now they did affect lives. They are not handling this well because they're going to keep hearing it. And already the story that came out, was it Jeff Passan yesterday about Dusty Baker's reaching out to the commissioner's office like, you could not hit our guys. And yeah. then Man- I guess Manfred, I don't know if he told Ravage this or in a press conference, I've told all the teams, you, you, your punishment will be bad if you retaliate. Like, oh, yeah, that's the way baseballs work. Really listen to people on that one. It's so funny because people get so angry when baseball polices itself and now everybody's cheering it on. I've well, always appreciated uh, baseball policing itself. Blow the neck. I've always enjoyed that. Like, I, I think anyone that's ever played the game knows part of the game is the fear of standing in the batter's box. Like, that's part of the game. Blow the neck. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate it. I do think most of the time, though, wouldn't you agree, when people get thrown at, like 95% of the time, it is below the neck. Yeah, and sometimes it's stupid. Like, I, I'm not in favor of it for, like, some guy bat flip. But I, you know, I don't even hate it for a bat flip. I like I like the back and forth. But that's I'm getting off you track did, here. I, I, see, I, I got I, – no one – I don't want anyone to get hurt. But I'm not going to be feeling sympathy if, if Altuve on game one gets air hold. So, I, I do think – I just because I do think sometimes it is hard to control, right, when you're aiming at something you're not used to aim at, though they are professional pitchers, I – Maybe a professional pitcher could say, "Yeah, I can, I can nail pretty quickly what I want to hit." Yeah. If they, if, if on the first AB, let's say, of spring training, some dude just ear holes him or hits him in the helmet. Didn't Zito do that to Prince Fielder in spring training? Try to hit him. But at least he's throwing like forty-eight miles an hour. <laughs> what do you think? If it's like some guy, a Double A pitcher that's trying to just show his team, I'm coming up soon. I got your guys back. Yeah. Let's fucking rock and roll. One, him or Bregman, who feel like... Now Correa might have thrown his hat in. They get they get helmet. They hit him in the helmet. Yeah. What's the reaction on Twitter, you think? Or social media? You think there's uh, like, this is cross the line now? Yeah, or is it- I mean, I think... There, I mean, don't, I know Twitter well enough to know Twitter's going to enjoy that. As long, provide, especially if the guy pops up, right? But that's that'd be too far. And what I'd say to a double-A guy who's not going to be in the big leagues, like, hey, bro, this isn't your fight. Like... I won't but be the, impressed but by the big, a double But guy. the big leaguer doesn't want to get suspended if Manfred told Well, I understand, told but to me, like, a double-A guy hitting a guy in spring training is bullshit to me. Like, no, this has to happen during the season with a real big leaguer, somebody who might get suspended for it. Like, that's what this is about to me. Will, will you be – are you in agreement with me now? They're getting hit on opening day if it doesn't get out of control in spring training. Who do they Because I think it might, get out of, it, it might get out of control in spring training, guy, I think. Which you be, don't think they me, get hit in spring I, I training? Would, like, to me, well, I don't know if they will or not. I just think it'll be idiotic if you're hitting guys in spring training. You think you wait till the, the yes, actual season? Yes, because, like, to me, double-A guys hitting dudes in spring training is like, what do they take from you, dipshit? Like, you're not, this isn't, you're not cool guy for getting yourself into this. I, I got a theory on commissioners really quick. A sports league is not going to hire the most qualified person. It is too lucrative of a business and too public of a business that are doing some shady shit. Like, the NBA would never want out truly what they're doing with China because not a good look. The way they just operate, just monetarily and financially, just because the numbers are so insane. And just dealing with the owners. If you don't have a guy who's like a made man in the mob, like, if you look at the three major commissioners, all three are made men in the mob, right? Had worked for the leagues, knows the owners, are in bed with the line of thinking where if I'm, if you and me run 
you know, Dick Sporting Goods, or I, I just drove by it earlier today, and r- run a big company, and we need a CEO. We can go outside. It's just a business. It's just black and white. Sports leagues are a little different, a little public. Shady shit happens just with dealings and players, and just you wouldn't want a random guy because then if it doesn't work and you got to fire him, he can kind of sing like a canary. Like even if Manfred's relieved of his duties one day or Silver, they're not talking because they were paid so much money and they're kind of lifetime guys. I don't think leagues and Goodell those first you know five years were pretty rocky, and I'm not talking. Obviously, he made them a lot of money, but these leagues get themselves in positions they have to hire within guy. They don't have a choice, really. It's it's the risk is too great of them hiring outside that if shit gets out, like oh my god, did you hear what was really going on? Like if you notice what really gets out of like owners' meetings and stuff, what they yeah, want. I mean, but but like part of this is that person is not in charge of the owners, right? So you're not looking for somebody to. It's it's the owners who pick the guy, and the owners will only want to pick somebody who they feel like they can control. That's just natural human. But but like owners are more open like with coaches and GMs like they'll take or players they'll take crazy swings. I think the commissioner it's a pretty yeah. But those guys, but coaches point. and GMs don't tell owners what they're they're not they don't tell they don't make any rules. No, they don't really have any impact beside winning and losing, which is big. But they don't. I, I just think that that even they're much more open minded with that than they are with the commissioner because the commissioner does commissioner's going to be power. a human shield. Yeah, it's tough. And Man- Manfred, I think, is completely over his head, would you say, right now, it feels like? Yeah, I just... Uh, well, I mean, I think anytime you investigate yourself, you're only going to reveal, like, uh, just the right amount to perpetuate whatever narrative you want. And the one that baseball wants is the Astros were the only ones doing this. We caught them. It's over. Like, my question with the Astros, because they... They've actually gotten defiant a little earlier than I expected. I didn't expect it to happen well, like, in every, one weekend. Every guy's but, talking mad shit on another Well, teams. especially Bellinger saying that Altuve robbed Aaron Judge of an MVP, I think is kind of what set off Correa. But, like, is somebody going to – and Correa kind of went at Mike, Mike Fires. Is somebody going to say something Sne- – Sneaky had a point. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't really change anything. Like, hey, man, you got to take your medicine here. Like, so what did Mike Fires accept it as – ring like it doesn't change the truth but my the didn't real accept question, it smi- the, i saw a picture of him smiling it's like yeah, yeah a little double little double little hypocritical no it's not whatever man it doesn't it's not it's totally irrelevant the, the to me the real question i have is like if somebody else is cheating there are people on the astros that know it so at what point do they go you know what if if that exists somebody's gonna pull out a match and try and burn the whole thing down because no, i thought not- jeff passon had a great line he said what's happening right now is the most basic primal instinct, survival. Well, guys, it's, it's not, to me, the Friars, Correa's comment on Friars is not irrelevant to, like, our conversation on the bigger picture. I'm just talking specifically with Mike Friars. Like, bro, you were happy yeah, when you but, were here. It's kind of like the guy made a lot of money with yeah. Bernie Madoff or Enron and got out. And like, whatever, you know, you benefited I mean, a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't change. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't change anything. He, he's like, just that's how, specifically on him. But, but when you, anytime you have a whistleblower, you'll probably find somebody who made some money from the transgressions at some point in time. But Mike Friars isn't part of this anymore, Carlos. Like, this isn't about him anymore. Well, I, do, I agree there. But yeah, but it's like, but should the guy who comes out of the bullpen for the Astros get booed? But Mike Fires, you could argue, Mike, is Carlos just saying, well, Mike Fires should get booed? That's what he said. It's like, well. well I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, well, hey, Garrett Cole benefited. How long was he there? A year and a half? Garrett said he knew nothing. Yeah, bull fucking shit. You <laughs> no, know? I'm just telling you what he said. No, I know. I, I, I haven't seen that quote, but I believe it. Because I, I did start thinking, 
for the most part, right, they've they've kept like their core, their majority of their team have yeah. been their team. These did last you see? Three there years. was basically like an Astros version of John Boy who did like a deep dive on the trash can banging, because Correa said Altuve doesn't even like the trash can. And I, I did see someone say that that's legitimate. He didn't and the guy, the trash and can. yeah, like you can, there's 13% of the time you hear a trash can in general, but with Altuve at the plate, you only hear it 2% of the time. Like it only yeah. happened 24 times with Altuve at the plate. So that would be the argument Altuve didn't use a buzzer. He hated that type stuff. I did look at his numbers, talked a lot of shit, and I was talking shit with an Astros fan going back and forth on Twitter. I'm like, what was he doing before 2017? He's like, God damn it, this guy raked. That's why so, I keep. T- I think he's just good, but yeah. But I, I do think there. I think they'll suffer. Like I think the season's going to be a rough start for them. Like I think it's just going to be a lot for them to handle well, early in the it's year. It's already pretty rocky. Right but now, I know I just mean in terms of like their numbers and their wins and losses. Like I think it's going to reflect. I think it's going to be reflected early in their production. I hope it doesn't last the whole year though, because I think again them being good, it's like they're gonna. We've already seen it. They're just going to start like us versus the world type thing, and that'll be fun. Well, you know what? To end this, my last thought on this. Do you know what's cool? Hmm. Is in basketball, baseball, and football, for the most part, super controversial topics. There'll be like one guy a team that might, you know, a Draymond or a Richard that will really give you something insightful. This topic, if you you and I back when we had a radio show and went to spring training, we used to do, and you did this longer than me for years before, where you like sit in the in the locker room and like wait, hey, hey, Bumgarner. You know, hey, Donaldson, can we talk to you? If they're in a good mood, like, yeah, I'll talk to you. This one is like dude sitting at the locker like, hey, who? I, I, got, I got takes. Every dude just lined up with takes. All the best players on every team yeah. will talk mad shit. It is a media reporter's dream in it's Major incredible. League Baseball right now. It's good. Lot, hey, That's a good call. It's one of those, hey, is the camera on? Make, 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 let's, I don't see the red light. Make sure that thing's on. We're usually it's the opposite. Hold on, let's right? make sure everyone's here. No stragglers. Everybody in? <laughs> All right, Middlecoff, let's talk about Tom Brady because Larry Fitzgerald Sr. tweeted um, this weekend, I'm told, football emoji, Las Vegas is prepared to offer at Tom Brady $60 million over two years. That was it. That's the whole tweet. At Fitzbeat Sr. Yeah, I mean, I... Not really. Right, well, I mean, not, well, not nuts at all in terms nuts of it happened. <laughs> I, I think that back to Larry Fitzgerald Senior, because part of the article that then Florio wrote was like, "I've known Larry Fitzgerald Senior a long time. I trust his reporting." To me, it's not like no shit. All this shit to me now. We're at the point now. It's just no shit. Schefter reports they want him. I may have been told by a credible source in the last forty-eight hours. Yes, that's true. Because, guy, you don't need sources. Of course they want Tom Brady. They're going into Vegas. Their quarterback is a decent starter, and that's Tom fucking Brady. It's a, it makes complete sense. To me, the number, is two for 60 high enough if you're Thomas Brady? That's what I keep getting back to. Like, is that is that enough? Is it a high? I mean, for a guy who's not, yeah, yes, is the short answer. Yes, it's enough. And then is to it, me, the, is, it, is it truly his worth? Is what I think you're asking. Like, what would his worth really be? It would be higher. To, to the Raiders, if they gave him two for 80, I would say, yeah. To what he means to them going into this new stadium, yeah. their credibility, he's worth every penny. You, so you're asking, is two for 60 enough for the Raiders to sign him? That's a fair – maybe it's not. Yeah. I, I, now, would Dean Spanos pay him that much money? I would say probably not. 
a guy. The only way that would happen to me is if somehow it got, you know, the NFL was like, hey, look, him being in L.A. is a great deal. Why don't we give you a break on your rent, Dean? It'll be 50 cents a year instead of a dollar. You can use the extra money to get Tom Brady in L.A. It's just good for the sport. Let's say he is open to leaving. He would choose, I would imagine, based on offensive personnel, offensive line, but specifically the play collar. That's why the Chargers, they got Anthony Lynn and this other young guy that they elevated, I think, this year when they hired or fired Wisenhunt early in the season. I, that, to me, is a huge obstacle to overcome. John Gruden in a vacuum, you go, I think that would intrigue Brady. Then you kind of take a step back. Would that work? Like, John's offense is his baby. You know, it's not... When you watch videos of John, even in, like, Hard Knocks, like, you watch some of these inside videos with Andy. It's like he's talking to Mahomes, but so is Biennemi. It's kind of like a group effort, even when he's had Nagy and Doug. It was always just... He's unique, right? He's the most inclusive offensive coach. Like, even Kyle, you'd go, you know, it's kind of Kyle's baby. Like, the offense is Kyle's. I, right. I would say Kyle's like John, where it's not... We give McDaniels and LaFleur a lot of credit, right? He's got these two little minions that are geniuses. And you talk to people in the league, they're like, yeah, I've heard those guys, especially McDaniels, I've heard, is like Kyle depends on him. But you wonder, you know, Kyle's still Kyle loves calling the plays. Well, does Tom and John, would they be a great fit together? Now, you could just go back is – what makes it hard for Tom is he's been in a relationship, the equivalent, if we use, like, humans. Him and Josh, now they've broken up, or Josh left them, and then they got back together. It doesn't quite work because it's not like someone got divorced. But they've had a long-standing relationship. They, they speak the same language. It would be a very difficult for, for Tom, whether it's John, whether it was a Kyle type, Arians, whoever, McCarthy, just to speak the same language quickly. How much time would you have? You'd have OTAs training camp and you'd be off and running, right? You don't have that much time. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, um, I would be as shocked as I've been by an NFL story if Tom Brady ends up on the Raiders, right? Would you agree with that as a premise to what I'm about to say? Non, like, off the field, Ray Rice, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just nutty, but Tom Brady choosing the Raiders is even rarer than an NFL player's off-field that, That's what I'm saying. We, we have had insanity off the field for 20, oh, 30 yeah. years, right? I mean, Tom Brady becoming a free agent and choosing the Las Vegas Raiders would shock it would be, me. It would be like a top five NFL story ever. But... You could argue wherever, if he went to the Charger, it would be a huge story that's, if he yes, leaves this the is Patriots. Not, you're right. It's not just a Raiders thing, but... I think it is partly a Raiders thing. Now, the fact that they have John Gruden, like it's a real NFL offensive coach, gives them a shot. The fact good that they offensive, have John good Gruden offensive line gives them a shot. But I think part of this story isn't just the Raiders are interested. It's like the Raiders are actively pursuing him. And once you crack the seal on we're going to actively pursue somebody, you don't just stop at that guy. You go through everybody that you think is better than your guy. Yeah. I think we're at that point right now. It's pretty clear. Yeah, that's and, right. and, and exactly. And that's that's become very clear. That but, doesn't mean Derek Carr's not back because it I don't you know, how many guys are they gonna go out and pursue? They're not trying to trace down Andy Dalton or Ryan Tannehill. I, I also get back to the point though, guy, where we've talked about Derek, you and I for 
really, I mean, f- shit for 15 years. But, I mean, as a Raider quarterback now since he was drafted and became the starting quarterback, at this given day, how can he be offended if they chase Tom Brady? And they, he says no. Derek, he's Tom Brady. I'm not saying he is, but let's call it what it is. I, I would imagine well, he's going to be a little offended. He thinks he's their quarterback. They told him their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't. To me, he's a human. It hurts. It's but, okay but, that it hurts. But, but my point is that it is easy to stomach when it doesn't happen because I would still say it's a huge upset if Tom Brady is the Raiders quarterback, like you said, because it would be insanely shocking. Even diehard Raiders fans would be floored. It, it'd be nuts. I yeah, yeah. I think t- so. I think what you're getting at maybe is like the question is like so when this one doesn't happen, what's the ne- is there another rumor? Well, I think the wouldn't you imagine the Rivers rumors really kind of pick up in the next couple days heading into the combine because people are contacting his agent. Maybe it takes to the combine, which is starts I think like next Sunday. That we'll really start hearing some stuff. Then because I I. I I would expect the Raiders' name to be thrown in there. Now, you could argue, listen, it's Tom Brady. I get traded because they got Tom Brady. I'd be offended, but at least you could understand it, right? Yeah. If, if Haberman Middlecoff had been replaced by Mad Dog Russo, he'd be like, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? But when you get replaced by a guy you know you're better than and then they fail, you go, well, I try to tell you. What about where does Philip Rivers fall under that category? Because I would imagine, honestly, guy, this is going to sound nuts. If you ask Derek Carr, he thinks he's a better quarterback than Philip Rivers. I would say, Derek, I don't agree with you, but he Derek has to think he's better than Philip right now in 2020, right? Would you agree with that? Does Derek think he's better than Philip Rivers? Yeah, yeah. Right now, I hope he hasn't always thought that. Yeah, but. I mean, I I don't. Whether we think there's some guys that it's okay for you to be offended by and some guys you're not, I think the reaction will probably be the same no matter who is being discussed. Like, I I think he'd be offended, jilted, whatever, if they're talking to Phillip Rivers. I think the difference is, like, now I don't think Phillip ends up there either, but if he did, it would not be nearly – I mean, it's not even close to the Brady-level story because we already know Phillip's leaving his team, so that's – it's still, though, a massive story because it would be a domino. It would lead to Derek being somewhere else. Right. So it would be a wham-bam deal. Well, Philip Rivers now the coach of the Raiders, or quarterback of the Raiders. Derek Carr is now the quarterback of... That's, John, to me, the Bears. That's where it would get interesting, right, is if one of these guys, Philip in particular, or, will, or Matt Stafford will talk about him, ends up in Tampa, and then Jameis is available, and everyone pulls up the old john gruden crashing dirt cutters meeting with Jameis, tell him how much you love him video right i forgot i forgot about that that was dirt uncomfortable it was because yeah, was- remember people thought gruden it was like right before gruden was getting his going in the ring of honor or whatever wasn't that the deal and remember cutter's like god that guy's kind of weird yeah right? <laughs> cutter like taking a shot gruden's like cutter's like get a life yeah oh, talk about a hard worker huh <laughs> works too hard all right i remember that. was that hard knocks hard knocks huh yeah, it wasn't the Amazon, right? Yeah, it was Hard Knocks. It was Hard Knocks. Yeah, so, man. I get ready because it's it's about to heat up, guy. I think these next two or three weeks, you're gonna, you and I are gonna talk a lot about it. I these welcome, stories are coming. I welcome those stories. I, I right now we we like to update our guesses on this. Is he a patriot? Yes or no? I'm starting to feel less and less confident as we chug down the train tracks. Just because it's just it just hasn't. Why wouldn't he be a patriot right now? Why wouldn't yeah. they have just figured something out, make it easy? Like Tom, 
I, I think that it, a lot's on the table right now. And if well, a lot's on the table, the Raiders can be really aggressive, and I think it's going to be an option. There hasn't been a single story that goes something like, Bill is letting it play out, but in his heart, he's told people privately he needs Tom, but he wants Tom back. Like, there's not been anything close to that, right? No, nothing. Bill's in somewhere with Cougar Linda. I don't think he even cares. I, I really don't think Bill, in a weird way to say, is like, even wor- if Tom leaves, okay. If Tom's back, great. I, that's where I think that attitude is Tom leaving. Yeah. Like, you're thinking like that with me? Like, fuck you, Bill. I, I think that's what what's going to create the breakup. I, I'm starting to lead they break up, guy. I, I really am. How, how could, if you're Tom, you're like, are you are, are they keeping in contact with him? Maybe I'm underestimating Belichick and his love for Tom at 43 years old. It doesn't feel like it's as strong as it's always been. And it, it, the, it's simple math. He's 43 years old. If you're Bill, now is the time. Like, okay, go to the Raiders. But you still need another quarterback. I, I, well, that, that's the <laughs> elephant in the room. Like, what's Bill going to do? All right. Uh before we move on, John, let's tell the people about Simply Safe. This podcast brought to you in part by Simply Safe. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. What a waste of an alarm system. Is there even a crime going on? They don't know. All the alarm company can tell them is a motion sensor went off. Well, home uh, security from Simply Safe is different. If there's a break in, there's real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. Or if somebody who had cookies out during uh, or candy out during Halloween in Middlecoff's building had Simply Safe, they would have known who was taking all the Reese's peanut butter cups. Took a lot of them, guy. Because if they had simplysafe.com/ham, one, they would have saved some money. Two, they would have known that I jack all the candy in my building if you keep it out. I mean, it's just my go-to move, and I can't contain myself when I go back to the couch. I'm like, oh, just a couple more pieces. <laughs> and then by your seventh run, you realize you got to tiptoe because they're just going to hear me over and over and over. But again. It's the it's only fifty cents a day with no contracts. It's why the Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash ham today and you'll get a free shipping and a sixty day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go to be go right now and use to make sure that they know we sent you. Simplysafe.com slash ham. That's simplysafe.com slash ham. All right. Uh, the NFL Florio wrote on uh, on Sunday that the NFL wants to have a seventeen game season ASAP. As soon as possible, which could that mean 2020 or could probably means 2021. I don't know if they could pull it off for 2020. I don't know if that's possible with the deal already set in stone. Like they already have a CBA agreement for this year. Uh, But players would like to delay it until at least 2022 or 2023, which tells me that, yeah, it probably means 2021. 70 players, Floyd wrote, are under contract through 2023. Part of the reason he wrote the players want to delay it is because, like, if you're under contract right now for a 16-game schedule, how are we going to adjust the fact that we're playing 17 games? Although, I think you could probably figure that out. You, whatever your prorated game rate is, we just add that on. Um, but, it's, but how do you set up the bye weeks? Do you take away a preseason game? Like, it is a little complicated if you're not totally ready. I guess they could just set the I'm talking, like, for 2021, right? Oh, like, yeah, If yeah, the yeah. only issue is the contract, we just prorate everybody's game rate, an extra game. Yeah. But uh, to me, to, the players to, want to, to push me, it back. Yeah. To, to me, it's pretty simple, though, guy. Let's use, like, 15 years ago, 2006. They used to have double days. Then they used to have preseason games where people forget, because sometimes I forget. It'll be like, oh, second preseason game. These guys are going to play a lot. And then you realize they don't play at all anymore. They used to play a lot of football. They had 16 games, but they played a 
preseason camps back in the day, double days, intensity, they got that wiped out. They got wiped out preseason games. Why don't you just do this, guy? One preseason game, you could justify no preseason games. College doesn't do it. They just hit the ground running in an 18-game season with two buys. An 18-game, not a 17-game. An 18-game season, wipe out the preseason. Yeah. Because they, they, you don't hit in the OTAs. You don't hit in training camp. And these guys, we see it consistently, do not play in the preseason, that guy. They don't do it really at all. Maybe the third preseason game, they play a half. But I think we've seen pretty consistently they don't even really do that anymore, do they? But don't you, aren't some of the guys, and I don't think we need three games of all the guys battling for roster spots, but, you know, I've seen a few people in the lead-up to the XFL say, one of the things that's great about the XFL is that opportunities in the NFL are so hard to come by. You might get a few snaps in practice. You might get a few snaps in the preseason. You might maybe play a game, but the decisions that are made when we're talking about fringe roster spots are not made on that many snaps. Like they're kind of guessing at the end of the day. And that in the XFL, you're just getting an opportunity for those guys who haven't put that many snaps on film just to play a little bit. Maybe that leads to the inevitable XFL deal with the NFL and they could use their practice squad guys. Yeah. And, and could you somehow play it closer to the NFL season? Why would you need to, though? I just get my guy's snap. Oh, I see. Just because it's a little bit huge. Yeah. I, I don't know how uh, you'd figure out, you know, like I want to run in my offense. I want my sixth offensive lineman. I, I guess what I'm saying is I hate preseason games as much as the next guy. I would probably keep one because it does seem like there is a function to them. Like, unlike college where there, there is a function for the teams to develop teams, players, yeah. but from a monetary financial standpoint, they could wipe them out, and the owners, the bottom line, the players, given the players that are in the league, would not be phased at all. So, yeah. Well, I, but, I mean, a, the owners could be like, hey, 18 games, you still get a bunch of games. We still get to charge people for a preseason game. So, like, because right now, what do owners get? They get two preseason games and 16 regular season games, right? So, you're saying the 17, it gets a clean sweep of the 18 games. So, you get I'm nine saying and you, nine. I'm saying, I'm saying you do two preseason games and 16 regular season gets you 18. So, you're saying do 18 and no preseason. And when I say two, I mean home games. But, uh, but even if you don't, you charge the same price for preseason as regular season, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I'm just saying I don't. I I, I, I guess what I'm saying is there is money to be made if More you have one preseason the game. There is money to be made if you have one preseason game. It just seems like there's a function. There is a legit function, and I do think if I'm everybody not knew, there's not a function. I'm I also just, think, I'm looking at it from a financial perspective. Yeah, I don't think you. But do you lose money on a, if you had one preseason game and two more reg, like instead of zero? You don't lose money if you have one preseason game instead of zero preseason games. Well, what what's your number of games you're playing in the regular season then? I'm saying in your scenario where you have 18 regular season games. Yeah, I, I would not. 19, you're huh? saying you'd, you'd go 19 games, a preseason game plus 18 regular season games? Yeah, I'm saying I would not eliminate every preseason game because I do. Now, now, Tom Brady doesn't have to play in that game, but it does seem to me like there's a function just for roster decisions to having a preseason game. And I think if you had 18 plus a preseason game, and your real players didn't really play in the preseason game, I think it would change the entire tone of how people as fans consume the preseason. Because the preseason's like, this is four games. I think if you had one preseason game and it was like all your backups, I think there'd be like a legitimate reason to watch that. 
Like, I think people would be, I would be, you'd go, okay, one preseason game, that's all we got. Next week is the regular season. Let's see the last five roster spots or whatever. Let's watch these guys battle it out. Let's Not watch outrageous. our rookies. Puts a little urgency into the one game. Yeah. Not to win it, but just to see. Yeah, see who you got. See some of your rookies. Because you agree right now it's really diluted. Right? Yeah, we don't know. I it, Honestly, if you had 16 regular season games, even two weeks of preseason, I think would add just a little urgency to it and would make the preseason feel fun. Yeah. I, I think the preseason is in major trouble, whether they go 16, 17, or 18, right? Yes. I will be, all we I know will be is, shocked all, what, if we got four preseason yeah, All games. we know is the preseason is not getting eliminated unless they add games on the back end of it. Do you think the NFL can give 17 games and still keep a straight face or potentially – I? You agree they ultimately would want 18 if you give them seven. Like, there's not, like, they keep creeping up. It's just the games where they make all of their cash. They're kind of hypocrites in terms of the player safety, or if you're the players, because the one thing I read is the 1.5% bump if you went to 17 or even potentially 18. Over a five year period, it adds up to an extra $5 billion for the players, and you get to the point where that's just a lot of money to distribute to our union and our group of players. It's hard to pass up because yeah, they are. I don't, look, man, is it hypocritical? I mean, I, I don't know that 17 games is the line. Like maybe 12 games is the line. <laughs> maybe that's maybe what, 13 is too many. I don't know. So I, that, that, you know. That's where I get back to. They used to play, do double days for way less money and four preseason games where they played a lot and 16 regular season games. And if you were on a good team, you played in the playoffs. So I, I actually think you could justify if you get rid of the preseason as a whole. Even if they went as a whole no preseason or they mandated a couple joint practices type deals where they could, you know, do what they're already kind of doing now, but they broadcast them on NFL Network and do a couple scrimmages, they could figure that out. But legitimate no preseason games and 18-game schedule, I, I think it'd be less hitting than back in like 2 because guy, they still wouldn't hit in training camp beside the scrimmages. They don't hit in training camp. They don't hit in OTAs and they don't hit in practice. Now, you could get to the counter of, well, you're putting them at bigger risk because part of the reason we see so many injuries is there's a reason fighters spar. Like these guys, the game, unlike baseball, where you could have a simulated AB. Well, if the guy's throwing 98, it is, even if you're in a cage, like it does replicate something. Or a basketball, you know, when these guys play at UCLA in the summer, if they do start trying when it's 11-11, you're playing to 21, and it's 10 NBA guys, it can probably get pretty intense. Where in football, it's basically impossible to replicate what you would see on a Sunday or right. Monday night on a Wednesday when you're not wearing pads. It's it's literally nothing like it. That that's where and that's just a problem because the players are adamant about the practices and the time off, and the owners like, cool, take them. Uh, we don't pay you anything for them. Yeah, we we don't care. The owners don't give a shit about the practice, though. I do believe, guy, and maybe this is the Pat Hill. The Bear Bryant in me, it does help a little bit. And I think coaches over the last several years have been pretty outspoken about this. It does help you kind of just get your body ready for yeah. when Navarro Bowman's running full speed on week one. You're like, Jesus, I haven't seen this speed. Well, no shit. Or at least in spring training where it's like, you know, I, I've been seeing 98 now for a couple weeks. I, you don't see any Anime, of that. Like his tackling, you know, there's always been the, and I let coaches argue about, is tackling worse because of it? What do you think? I mean, I has to, right? I, I, I would think bit. it has to be. I, I, but I can't pretend like I've watched football and been like, the tackling is so much worse these days. Part of this is like offenses have changed. 
right? It's more spread it's, yeah, open. More, it's more space. Defensive players I, are at a disadvantage. The, the, the tackling, I, I, I do believe it's hurt offensive linemen because that is a position where it's just all physical. There's no like, you know, this is a play for the right guard where he just he gets to chill. You know, it's like the backside <laughs> wide receiver that, that doesn't exist. It's like, oh, this is the right tackle on this play. It's just like basically a playoff. You know, it's like that it doesn't exist where they have been hurt. I do think it hurts. No scientific evidence on this. Yeah. But the injuries, and the injuries mainly because I think everything is, the speed in which these guys operate, if you can't replicate the speed in practice, where if you're going full speed, like ones-on-ones in an NFL practice for two weeks, you are replicating the speed, right? If you, I don't care even if you are a shitty team. Yeah. If you're a middle linebacker in safety or just coming downhill full speed, if they're, it's like, you know, take two steps and pull up. Well, it's like, I know the guy's pulling up, right? Right. That's why like every the team one, thinks they're good in the preseason. It was like the one play last year, and this play looked sweet, and I immediately, it was like one of my favorite OTA tweets. It was an A-B, like, slant route. He went by every guy on the field, and, and I but and I was like, Jesus Christ, he's better than everyone Raider, and everyone was tweeting at me, they're only going half speed. No, I think on this one, they wouldn't have touched him. But you do see, like, you just kind of go the two-hand touch where you kind of, like, tap him on the butt. Like, you know who's not tapping you on the butt? Nick Bosa. Khalil Mack. <laughs> they're, they're coming for you. You better tap Jimmy. When you go to these practices, and you and I have been going now for a decade, that it's just these guys haul ass upfield, but then when they get around the quarterback, they just kind of run into the coaches. <laughs> you know, and if you do touch them, that's where you get, like, the Todd Haley. Like, God damn it, don't. That's what loser teams do. And they're right, because you just can't touch the quarterback. Yeah. Do you think if we got film from, like, Marino in 86, like, is he getting tackled at practice? Is there a chance? I doubt it. You don't think so? What about 70s, like Bradshaw? You don't think the quarterback's ever been hit? I, I, I'd have to ask him. Like, you'd have uh, to ask, like, a Belichick or a Walsh. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Feels like the majority of our Walsh life. Walsh was they, letting them hit Montana? He'd be a bad example. Like, Parcells, was Sims getting hit at practice? You need a defensive coach, you're right. Now, even then, like, would he let LT hit him at practice? What are, what are you getting? He's on your own team. Yeah. Again, Davis High Football 02, quarterbacks were live. Well, quarterbacks to the ball. <laughs> Brian Hawkins had six pass attempts a game. We ran the wing tee. <laughs> All right, John, let's get to some headlines. Uh, God, where should we start? Anywhere you want to go. Anywhere. All right, I got one. Uh, let's start with I. We got to go back to Friday for this one, but to me, it was one of the great stories of the weekend. <laughs> Vernon Davis is he a good actor or is he not a good actor? Well, when the Sports Center anchor asks him, give me a line so I can ask a line to you, and yeah. then you can just kind of show me some of your chops. And I was like, you could tell Vernon was a little rattled, like, what should I give him? And I was waiting to see, like, what's he going to give him? And then he didn't pass at all. He just went on a solo act. And he didn't just go on a solo act, guy. He fake cried. Now, I didn't see any tears, but I'm going to give an A forever. It was fantastic, <laughs> right? It, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. 63 career touchdowns, countless Pro Bowls, uh, went from bust to one of the more productive tight ends, probably for what, like a four or five year span? Like one of the better players in the league? Yeah. Maybe not that long, maybe like three, where he was just dominant. I'm really, if I had known 
in retrospect, how good, how much he had left in the tank, I wouldn't have wanted him to play for Washington. I would have wanted him somewhere else. I heard him do an interview on Friday on NFL Radio on Sirius XM. I was just in the car and they're talking to Vernon. I'm like, oh, listen to Vernon. He was talking about how much like YouTube he watches, or how over time, like how much acting you like. He's just studied actors, you know. Like he's into it. He's into it. So Red Dawn or whatever his film's called. Three weeks of shooting in Denver. Well, when I first saw the first bit. And he's like, you know, we're shooting this documentary. I assumed, like, he's financing it. You know, it's a Vernon Davis project. I didn't know he's in the thing. 85 films. Is it about him? That's well, what I'm still I don't think confused. it's a documentary. I think he's just, he's got a movie. He's like oh, an it's actor. A, oh, I, I, he I has, thought it was a documentary. No, he has previously played himself. Because the question that, like, one of the guys in the NFL Network asked, like, I'm looking at your IMDb, and it says, Vernon Davis played himself in Playmakers. Vernon Davis played himself in whatever. You know, name yeah, the yeah. other shows. He's like, but this one, you're playing, like, Billy Joe Higgins. <laughs> Billy Joe Higgins. You know, an undercover agent tries to crack the cartel. And it's Vernon with like a and then it's M16. Like, you told me my family was safe. <laughs> Maria! Do you know what that scene is? When he's the, he's the undercover agent and he's in too deep. And the... the, the uh, the head of the feds or CIA had to do it an off the books mission. So they're like, Vernon, I hate to tell you this, but no one has a record if this goes sideways. So, <laughs> yeah, you you're know, on your you're own. You're in deep. You, yeah, you're on, you got to make it out on your own. And he realizes he's in a pinch, kind of like Leo in uh, The Departed, where he realizes he's fucked. Yeah. You know? And you're just like, oh my God, I'm in too deep. That's where I think sometimes they just become like cartel members. I've read sto- or seen documentaries on guys who just. They just cross the line. There's no coming back. You're like, God, oh, this life's not bad. You know? So, God, I got to think. There was a, a college referee for many years uh, who became a college referee. What was his name? You would know. His, I think you'd probably. Uh, Scott Foster? Bob Delaney was Bob an Delaney. undercover New Jersey cop, um, like busting the, 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 the mafia. Yeah. Um, and even his family didn't know. But his name was something. What was his name? His name was something. It was the worst undercover name. Donnie Brasco. I've ever heard. Uh, it was actually Donnie Brasco and him knew each other. Oh, he, this but guy was they that deep? Donnie Brasco, they didn't know the other one was undercover until after the whole thing went down. Well, doesn't it feel his like... Na- just oh, a- I remember. His name was like Bobby Covert. His last name was Covert. <laughs> Swear to God, his name was like Bobby Covert. Doesn't it always feel in the movies when they realize, like, I'm, I'm a Fed, too, and they, no one has any clue, right? You never know the other Fed that's also undercover. Right. But they always get into a pinch, and they pull the gun, and then you realize, like, I can't shoot my fellow cop. And then he's like, I'm good, too. And then they kind of dot, you know, touch eyes. Now, usually it's a lock. One of them is killed before the movie ends. Right. But th- there is a moment in every movie where the two undercover agents that are both you know, don't have the heads up. They weren't in the same uh, platoon or class or whatever you call it. And then they realize that you're uh, you're one of them. But then it, I, I would imagine it's hard to be normal after that point. You're mm-hmm. like, it, That's it, why he like, turned to officiating. He, he, he couldn't. <laughs> smart. Tough recovery. The, the, the risky part about that one, though, is like, what if the mob sees you working like a, a UConn-St. John's game? Like, well, he wasn't an official at the time. <laughs> Many well, years no later. shit, but I'm saying later in your career, oh, oh, oh. you're just kind of a public figure. Yeah, I'd yeah, probably I like to keep a low profile. What if you're just like working the ACC tourney and, and like, uh, you know, 
Bobby Covert, is that you? <laughs> they want him dead. Uh, all right, headline. Something that stood out to me this weekend, guy, actually didn't stand out to me at all. Did anyone watch any snaps of the XFL besides some things that were tweeted? Because I have not watched one snap. I, I, I passed it on my guide today and didn't hesitate moving on through. So, I, I, uh, if you're asking me to be honest, I did not catch any of it. I think most people would agree they weren't watching it. Now, the question is, this is what's going to happen to these spring leagues. What is drawing me back? It ain't the players. It ain't the quarterback play. It is not really the drama. Like Pepper Johnson getting fired. Like, got to see what the new coordinator's doing. Like, if Paul Gunther, Robert Sala, is fired like week three, it's a massive national story. Matt, what does this team need to do on offense to get something going here? We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. What do you need to change about the game plan? What are you frustrated about? There's just a lot going on right now. Uh... I had an NFL coach forward that to me and say, did he basically just say his coach is an idiot? Coach, in all my years of covering football, I've never heard a quarterback say that. And he says, well, that makes two of us. I need to go talk to him and figure out what the problem is because he needs to play better. Then he threw a pick. Kevin Gilbride was the coach, by the way. Then he threw so a he pick. So he says he calls the coach who, if you Google Kevin Gilbride, do you know what he has, guy? What does he have? A couple Super Bowl rings. He's the offensive coordinator for Eli Manning under Tom Coughlin. So I, I'd say Gilbride's a tad bit more accomplished than uh, the PA Hammer, whatever the fuck his nickname is. And it's, I love how the coach basically said, shut the fuck up, in, in not so many words, to NBC Diana. And then McGloin throws a pick six. If Matt McGloin is a starting quarterback in your league, it's going to be hard to get Haberman and Middlecoff to watch, let alone the casual sports fan. Uh. How about uh, the NBA dunk contest? I liked it. You know what? You know what the dunk contest it turns out needs tall guys, tall guys who move like short guys, which is what Aaron Gordon is. Even Dwight, who, who won it? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. So what was the controversy? You know, I could I tried to follow the controversy because I didn't watch to the very very end because they got tied and I was at my parents' house and I hit the road. But uh, I there was uh, somebody did like uh, somebody thinks they were supposed to because they were in like an OT that they were supposed to be tied and like somebody at the table gave the wrong score. So one guy won and he wasn't supposed to win. And he wasn't supposed to win. Yeah, I don't know. Like they were going to fix it. But that was the controversy is that Aaron Gordon didn't get a 50 for jumping over Taco Fall, who's seven <laughs> foot five or whatever he is. <laughs> Yeah, it's an incredible accomplishment. But the dunks were all, like the. I just remember many years ago watching the dunk contest, going, "How is anybody going to come up with other dunks?" And the dunks were awesome. The I saw a couple Jones Jr. didn't even know he was in the league. Who he played for wouldn't have even known he was a player. Had some sweet dunks. I thought the most shocking part was when I first turned on the dunk contest. I'm like, "Oh, the dunk contest is on." I see Dwight Howard, who I'm like. The my the thing that crossed my mind at first is like, are they replaying like you know 07's dunk contest? But then I'm like, well, he's wearing a Lakers uniform, and then he's doing the Superman, and then I realized Dwight Howard's just in the dunk contest. Is that a reflection of they can't get people to say yes or no, or kind of cool? He is a former winner. I I I, I don't. I, I was kind of uh, unsure what to think about that. Yeah, I don't know why it came to that. Maybe just well, so the he guy could do people the Kobe keep thing. turning it da- people keep turning it down. Like, I why isn't John Morant in this? Why isn't Zion in this? Yeah, I mean, I, those guys were good. So, like, hopefully maybe those guys will be in it one day. I, the NBA has made the dunk contest better. That thing was good last night. Like, Aaron Gordon had multiple sweet dunks. Derrick Jones Jr. had multiple sweet dunks. Pat Connaughton 
DJ Khaled was doing the intros. He's like, Pat, I don't even know how to say his name, but I'll try. Connaughton. <laughs> he, 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 he was can good fly for a white boy. Dwight had the dunk where he jumped, like spread arms with his back to the hoop and then still spun and dunked it. That was badass. You realize Dwight at 34, 35 years old with a history of back problems is still a freak show. He it's had a couple who was like, God damn. No. no wonder, like, yeah, he should be in the NBA. <laughs> you know, maybe he's not Dwight Howard anymore, but he's, uh, he, I was impressed. I was impressed by the couple dunks I saw at Dwight. Uh, another headline as it relates to Matt Stafford. Uh, maybe I owe an apology to local news guys. Because you know what I forgot when I said that, you know, local news reports, usually I don't take them seriously. Local news guy usually is just so embedded in the community that he'll just come out of left field with a random story. They're like, why do they know it? It's because they know somebody. Our buddy Tom Brenner, who lives in uh, uh, Michigan, text, DM me. He's like, it turns out, because I was DMing him, like, what is going on? He's like, well, the reporter is like friends with the Staffords, specifically his wife, Kelly. So I don't know exactly how how that jumps into it being like what exactly transpired behind the scenes that made them say we're trying to get traded. But once you know that piece of information, it makes the Stafford story a little feel a little different. Well, what if I told you Larry Fitzgerald Sr. was like had known Mike Mayock for 30 years? Yeah. And, they're, you know, sometimes these – these relationships are just kind of unique. The one thing I read is about Stafford, the curveball could be, what if he's going to demand a trade? I'll take a little money to make it easier to facilitate this thing. I want out. Mm. Which is always, yeah. you know, if he, this guy knows his wife, maybe they're talking like that. You, you're right. I, I think if you told me that Larry Fitzgerald Sr. and Mayock have known each other for 40 years and this local reporter did some stories on her brain surgery or whatever and has just become tight with Matt and his wife, that you're right. They're just you can never underestimate that element of just they've done stories on maybe Matt since he's been a, in the league. Maybe he was the first guy to reach out when his wife got sick. They're like legitimately friends. Like maybe Matt just likes the guy, right? It's like one guy in the in the market that he's just very close with, like Mike Kliss and Elways. You just get these unique relationships. I, I believe it, guy. I, I I actually think they're. Now, if he's going to get traded, he would have to facilitate it and financially move some things around. But if he wants out, could he kind of go NBA power play, like trade me or I quit? Kind of Palmer? Well, I think the good news for the Lions would be, yeah, I mean, he could. But I think if you're the Lions, you're like, well, you know what? We do have a pick. We could take a quarterback. Wouldn't be the worst time to be in this situation. And we'd get something sweet back from somebody. If he retired at 31, would it be pretty unprecedented that the three best players in franchise history all retired at 30 or 31 years old? Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. But if he just said, I'm out. Now, you'd have to Google, he's owed some cash. Uh, I don't think anyone walks away from like $35 million. It was, Calvin was like, you know, I've already made 100 and I'm only making nine this year and I'm on my last year of the deal. Like, I'm out. <laughs> right? This one is like, he's making Wells Fargo CEO money. How much like, did he, Leck have coming to him? But he luck a was lot. not healthy. I mean, and he'd made a lot. I'd say luck was a unique situation. Yeah. One more headline. You got one more. Uh, Kyle Uzcheck went yep. on Good Morning Football Friday. Friday, he's just. I mean, most fullbacks little grizzled. Like he's just. Mm. He can just pass for like a model. Great or haircut, hoodie with <laughs> the just, leather jacket. Yeah, he just looks cool. He looks sweet. That he. And we know this, and anyone in the Bay Area knows this. I think this is why people defend Jimmy. It's like he's pretty tight with every – like he's one of the guys. 
He hangs out with McGlinchey's and the Kittles, and when they go to WWE, they use checks. Daily. They're just kind of all boys. And he got his back pretty vehemently and aggressively in a, in a not a, I guess aggressive might be strong, but that's his guy. And I think I had text with someone that would know, and I said this was the curveball like a month right after the Super Bowl ended. What if Brady said he wanted in? Could they do that? And the person texted me back, yeah, the locker room wouldn't be cool with that. And this wasn't like anything specific. It was like Jimmy's our guy. Yeah. And he's when you make the Super Bowl for players, like they just view Jimmy like a high level player. We can nitpick him, and you and I do, and everyone kind of even diehard Niner fans. We we all he's got to get better. But I think for them, that's where the standing in the pocket and getting molly whopped and just getting back up and the way he acts, you earn street cred that way, right? There's a toughness factor to that position that. He did a lot more good than bad, for sure. But mm-hmm. I think they view him like, we'll go to war with this guy any day. Yep. We can win the Super Bowl with this guy. And yep. we'll find out this year, like, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But I do think he kind of speaks for everyone in the locker room when he goes on a good morning football and says how much he likes the guy. Yeah. Personally Respects and as a player. Yep. Doesn't no. that matter? Shouldn't that matter? Yeah. There's a balance. Yes. You know, no, if, you're not good, if you're not good enough, like if it's Case Keenum, and because I think a lot of guys like a lot of quarterbacks. Right, right? or if you're great, you can kind of get away with some stuff that other people can't get away with. But at, for this moment in time, it matters. I think it basically made Jimmy untouchable this offseason. The, the, and it's starting with the head coach and the GM that like him, but I'm just saying, like, it's not even an option. Like, if Tom Brady called him and said, I'm in, I think they would say no. You agree with that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think that's correct. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't think and you have a meeting and maybe even say, hey, Joe uh, and Richard, could you guys swing by the office? We got a super secret meeting. We just want to run a couple things <laughs> off you. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying those. you don't have some conversations. You got you 1 million percent have conversations. I think you would call Staley, call Richard Sherman. Like you might even go that far. And be like, listen, guys, we're going to have a serious conversation. These doors are shut. But I think the ultimate answer would probably be no. But then I'm thinking, like, what if what a guy's like, going to yeah. be like, fuck Tom Brady, man. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. That's, that's strong. That's getting back to Derek. Like, at the end of the day, if Tom Brady takes your spot, I think it's like, yeah, Mickey. I, I got cut for Mickey Mantle. I got traded for Michael Jordan. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to say? Yeah, they got rid of me. Uh, for even like this year, like Lonzo and Ingram, yeah, we got traded for Anthony Davis. You know, it's to me, it's one thing when you get traded. I, I do understand where Kevin Durant went. Like, you are not trading me straight up for D'Angelo Russell. Like, the more I watch him, I like I can understand why that thought. I always crushed him for that, but you know what? I I, I came around on that. Like, I, I get it. Like, you gotta fucking include some picks or something in there. I get it. Like, I I, I understand it. <laughs> Tom, it's like you just tip your hat. Yeah. Now it, it's unique for Jimmy and Tom. Right, because Jimmy's texting with Tom. They claim to be friends. Yeah, that would back be to weird. what you that said would, about right. That would be really weird. Who'd you say said that it's ultimately it's just survival? Jeff Passan. Yeah, yeah, the most Tom's primal. Just, yeah, Tom's just picking his. If Tom really wants to win a Super Bowl, if you just listed the places, <laughs> the Niners would be right near the top of the list. Yeah, those play call. Those play calls are long though. I think Tom would figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> All right. On that note, peace. Time to eat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.